Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Mediums with a Message. I'm Reverend Gil Hicks. I'm your host today, and I, of course, am always excited to be here. I have a great show for you today, and I would first like to welcome the listeners in Malaysia to Mediums with a Message. Thank you for tuning in with us. So, so excited. So today... The podcast is going to be called Dreams Really Do Come True. And I'm really excited because I want to introduce to you all a very, very close and dear friend of mine. Actually, she's a childhood friend that we've known each other since we were the age of five. And I'd like you to meet my friend, Cynthia. Hi, Cynthia. How are you? Hi, I'm great. I'm excited to be here. This is my first podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm well, nervous. <laughs> she's nervous. Well, we, us listeners know that everything's like all great and fine and it's not going to be a problem. So, so uh, how did we meet Cynthia? I believe it was in kindergarten. Miss Adair's class. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we weren't eating paste. <laughs> I think we sampled some. Yeah, I think all kids eat paste back in the 60s. But, you know, it only enhanced us, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. And we, we followed through school. We went through elementary school together and middle, middle school, school and high school. And then college, I went to Atlanta College of Art. You went to Georgia. Yep. But I still went through the University of Georgia program to Italy and still kind of sort of went to your college just for a couple semesters. But... We've been friends ever since, and many of our listeners know that sometimes you have that friend, and Cynthia's that friend. You can go four or five years, call him the next day, and it's like you spoke to him yesterday, right? Yep. A little catching up, finish each other's sentences, and <laughs> keep on going. Same thing. Oh, you know, it's just there's a connection, and that... You know, for the listeners out there, that's a spiritual thing when you have a connection with a friend like that. And I want our listeners to know it's really important to keep your friendships, especially the very close ones or you've known since you were younger, or someone who just has that energy with you, because Cynthia and I have it. Yeah, we definitely do. I, you know, there were some times other friends would sort of get in between us, but we kept coming back to each other. And those other people are gone by the wayside. That's right. For the most part. And I think the other, that like she's talking about, the people that came in in between and stuff, we were older then. And there's just something about the bonding when you're little yeah. and keeping up with someone when you're young. So uh, she's here today. And we're going to talk about dreams really do come true because we're going to talk about these dreams that we had when we were little kids and how they came true into real life, into real people. So, uh, things about I want to tell about Cynthia, besides our childhood, is, um, you know, I have to reiterate, because she, I was close to her family, and she was close to my parents. So, that you know, we had these spend-the-night parties every week. <laughs> Back and forth, one, you know, one week, you'd be my house, and then, a couple of weeks later, I'd be at your house, and we'd yeah. just back and forth between the two. Yeah, and we lived really close. We were little kids. We didn't know how close we lived, but Lenox Square was the mall that was between our our neighborhood, so we weren't that far apart. But uh, 
uh, her parents had a, owned a pet shop at Lenox where my dad would always go buy our pets for Easter and stuff. And when we got to know Cynthia more and her family, they raised rabbits. Right. We well, and Dad expanded his stores, had multiple yeah. stores. Yeah. So we got into raising rabbits for the stores. And one time we were going out of town and needed somebody to take care of the rabbits. So I asked Gail and her dad if they would come over and feed them for us. Yeah, and we did. Dad and I went and took care of, I don't know, a couple of hundred of rabbits. It was it was a lot. At, a lot at, of rabbits. At times, yes. In the middle of the city. For everybody that knows Atlanta, Atlantic Square is the city. And But back then, you could have anything in your backyard, which was great. So yeah. as long as you had enough land. So we'd go over there and took care of them. And my dad, next time she he saw Cynthia, instead of calling her Cynthia, my dad, of course, he talks like this. He goes... I'm going to give you a nickname. Now, if my dad gives you a nickname, that means you're very, very special. So my dad told <laughs> Cynthia he wasn't going to call her Cynthia anymore. He was going to call her Rabbit Girl. So dad goes, I'm calling you Rabbit Girl. And that's what he started calling her because she had all those rabbits. But unbeknownst to dad, um, Cynthia's dream was to... Have at least 10 kids. And that was <laughs> since I was little, like seven, eight years old. I remember telling somebody that, and they're like, oh, you're never going to be done. And I didn't really want to be. <laughs> so I wanted a bunch of kids, so the name Rabbit Girl kind of fit perfectly in a way, too. Yeah, in a way. And so from that, um, I'm telling you the story of her big Rabbit Girl and wanting kids. One night, one of our spend the nights, we were over at Cynthia's, and... I had this dream. Now, for many of my listeners that have listened to other podcasts, I told you that my spiritual gifts and my psychic abilities came from dreams. Whatever I dreamt came true. And I didn't know when it was coming true, but eventually it came true or it was a premonition or it helped me to understand things in... Never had a dream for a warning till later in life. But this was when I was a little kid, so I just thought, hey. So, <laughs> we were upstairs in her loft bedroom and sleeping, and we woke up the next morning, and Cynthia says to me, like, what's that look on your face or something? <laughs> you remember? I, I don't know. Not, not a whole <laughs> lot about it. You know, but. I was so excited. I said to Cynthia, I said, I had this dream. I had this dream about you. And she goes, you know, I go, yeah, I had this dream. And that you were having kids. You had kids. And I said to Cynthia, I said, I looked. And she's showing me this little baby. And I look at the baby and I said to Cynthia, well, which one is this? And Cynthia said, that's Sarah Beth. Yeah, and I went, Sarah Beth, oh, we had a little girl. Yay, we've got a little girl. And that dream stuck in my mind. And we were we were thinking we were about eight years old yeah. when this happened. So we never really forgot that dream. So as we grow up and go on and get through with school, graduate college, and Cynthia gets married, and she has her first child, which was... Charlie. Charlie. So then she had her second child, which was later a was Bobby. Bobby. 
Well, that was, neither one of those was Sarah Beth. I'm like, I said to her, I said, well, where's Sarah Beth? She goes, I don't know. <laughs> and, and Cynthia has this way of giving me these looks like, don't you know what I'm thinking? <laughs> and I'm, but, you know, I'm going to be the girlfriend. I'm going to ask. You know, I don't want to always think that she knows that I'm telepathic or something. So then there was a span of time, wasn't there? 13 years. Well, there's 13 years between number two and number three yeah and then uh i was uh i was living in massachusetts when you called me yeah i guess that's right yeah yeah and so you called to tell me i called to tell you that i was pregnant and i asked if maybe this one would be a little girl i needed her abilities to help me out (laughs) and i went you're pregnant oh wow I said, well, just give me a minute. Let me ask Dr. Bigelow. And even right as I was getting ready to ask Dr. Bigelow, all of a sudden he says, no, it's not. <laughs> I heard in my head, no, it's it's not Sarah Beth. I'm like, so I said over the phone to Cynthia, I said, I'm so sorry. Dr. Bigelow says, it's not Sarah Beth. And she's like, what? <laughs> so anyways, um. We um, we had another boy, and this one was named Bill. He was born in 2001, and when he was a little over two years old, Gail, I think you were driving from Massachusetts down to Atlanta, or yeah. vice versa. Anyways, I came by to see you. She stopped yeah. in Tennessee to visit, and um, we were just hanging around. She decided to do a light healing on me, and within a year... I was pregnant again. Yeah, so Bill yep. was going to have either a little brother or a little sister. sister. So then, then when she called to tell me she was pregnant again, <laughs> I decided to ask Dr. Bigelow <laughs> again. Dr. Bigelow, no. I remember when she called and said she was pregnant. The I didn't have it, didn't need to ask him really. I just blurted out, it's Sarah Beth. She's finally going to arrive. And Cynthia's like, you think it's Sarah Beth? I go, no, I know it's Sarah Beth. <laughs> and then, then even though I said that, I saw, saw Dr. Bigelow give me like a thumbs up or something. Or, the, you know, when you know it's true, you Kinda feel like that. a double high five or something A double like high five. Or you get the, like the rabbit running over your grave or your skin gets the little goosebumps. I had all those signs of, it's a girl. So we were like thrilled. So finally, Sarah Beth shows up. And we knew we were calling her. I knew it was Sarah Beth because we had the dream at eight. So finally, Sarah Beth's going to show up. And what year was Sarah Beth born? 2005. That's a long time to wait from the age of eight to two. <laughs> 2005 for Sarah Beth. Well, she was she was born uh, nine or ten days before my 42nd birthday. Yep. So that was a, she's try, a long time coming. Try, yeah, trying to get her in there. So, and the other thing about her name was you had discussed with your husband Mike some about the names and what was I had I had three choosing. names initially picked out because at the time I was not thinking about the name Sarah Beth. It just it hadn't really not truly that. Um, I had Sarah Francis, which I had a childhood friend named Francis, an adult, but, you know, a yeah. friend of the family. 
I did have Cyril Elizabeth picked, and I had Elizabeth Ann picked. And I was, we were talking to the family in around Thanksgiving, and Charlie, our oldest, was home, and he was, we had eaten, and, you know, the name came up, and he was going out to see some friends, and he said, I don't care what y'all call her, I'm calling her Sarah Beth. <laughs> so, so that's... I think it's great, because, see, Charlie... He, he reaffirmed. But, yeah, he that. reaffirmed it, but Charlie was telepathically communicating with me yeah. <laughs> miles away while I was in another state of mind. In Massachusetts, Charlie Charlie was, like, so on with me. Yeah, he was like, Gail knows what she's talking about. I'm going to call her. <laughs> so I had one I had one vote for me. Isn't that great, listeners? Woo, one vote for me. So, But uh, I think it's great. And, you know, Sarah Beth showed up, and she's great. Now she's off in her first year of college. college. So now after all these years, you're an empty nester. Yeah, and that's kind of scary. But that's okay because you're... But we have grandbabies now. You have grandbabies and you're in the school system, so you still have kids around all the time. Yes. So So even though I only naturally had four, I have hundreds of babies because I take care of... I think our school has close to 700 kids. Kindergarten through eighth grade. Well, that's more than 10. So that at least you hit your quota. You hit your quota. You're cycling them in and out. So what we wanted to share was like about dreams. So I have done one, uh, an episode on dream interpretations and stuff. And so for the listeners out there, what we want you to, you know, get hold of sharing this uh, dream that we, you know, had when we were little and how long we waited years, decades for her to show up that dreams do come true. And you were telling me earlier, you know, today, what you were saying about waiting on dreams or... Yeah, well, you you know, you can keep a dream journal, and that will help you remember dreams better. Um, don't get fixated on a dream necessarily, but, you know, you got to keep in mind that sometimes they're going to take a while to come true. And when they do, then that's really a big, like, oh, I remember I dreamed that, you know, or that's something I've been wanting. And it, it will, it's just, you know, our timing and... God's timing is not always the same. That's right. There is no spiritual clock over there, folks. There isn't. So um, there is a lot with dreams, and it's really good to keep a dream journal. That's like I tell my listeners, just keep a journal on all the different um, spiritual messages you're getting. You know, if you're having a meditation and it's just like keeping a dream journal, oh, that makes sense. Or I want to, because this is all to help you. That's why your gifts come in that way. And uh, dreaming about uh, when we, we were little, you know, when you're a child, your mind's more activated and it's just clear. It's pure. Mm-hmm. And so... Well, and, and dreams help us process events that might happen. Yes. Um, like I was telling you last night, we were watching the moonrise at the beach. Yes. I had um, an event happen as a child where I got tumbled around in the waves. And then I remember having nightmares about being tumbled around with giant crabs and lobsters and stuff. But it helped me. I mean, I'm not afraid of the ocean. Yeah. Or swimming or any of that. I still, I still love, I mean, I was playing in the 
water yesterday and get sort yeah, and of the heavy duty riptides <laughs> with these hurricanes waves knocked in. me down. But I mean, I'm I'm just I'm comfortable with it. So, um, keeping a journal or paying attention to what your dreams are, it can help you find a pattern. You know, yes, if you're pay you're, attention to if you're repeating patterns or if you've actually changed your pattern. True. Yeah. So it's important to keep up with your dreams and uh, don't, don't block them, you know, and you can heal from them. A lot of healing comes from dreams too, because there's a lot of communication in, for you. And dreams come from like, it's kind of like seeing a preview of a movie or like I like to tell my clients when they're getting a reading with me. Dr. Bigelow says, tell them the movie line. I go, coming to a theater near you. <laughs> so dreams are like, you know, you watching trailers of your own life coming to you. But you're not sure when they're going to appear. And we discussed it earlier. If you, if you get, well, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, if you keep doing that, it's not going to happen because... You've got to learn to you're, you, you're you put, letting it go. You got to let you got to let go. You um, if you get fixated on it, you put negative energy into it, mm-hmm. and and create issues or problems. Um, if you overanalyze it if, too, yeah. If you overanalyze or you you become so fixated that the rest of your life stops because that's all you're focused on, right? And it can't create itself because you're not letting free will. Bring it to you. Right. Um, you know, we had a huge gap between Your Charlie kids. and Bobby, yeah. the first two, and and Bill and then Sarah Beth. And in between Bobby and Bill, there was something at church. I don't remember exactly what the pastor was talking about. I do know it was either a Mother's Day or Father's Day mm-hmm. yeah. um, event. And... Whatever he said, I I realized as much as I wanted more children, I had to let go control. Boy, is that a hard one. It, it was. <laughs> it's and I, I laid my husband on my husband. I laid my <laughs> head on my husband, Mike's shoulder. And he he knew because he I think he wanted, you know, he wanted more kids. He loves babies just as much as I do. Yeah. And I'm fortunate to have very easy pregnancies. So if I could have gotten pregnant and had 10 babies, I very easily probably would have. Yeah. And it, it would have been, you know, I'd have been like the Waltons. <laughs> <laughs> the Waltons. Good night, Mary Ellen. No. But, uh, and the other thing is because we, you were at church and, um, you felt comfortable enough with your spirituality and your connection with God that whatever they said at church, the the minister said, it actually uh, touched something right. in your well, core it to let go. It made me realize. Now, we were not trying to do any kind of in vitro, in, in vitro or fertility pills or anything like that. This is all natural. It was all natural. I was not trying to avoid becoming pregnant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But I was not, and you know, money was tight, so I wasn't going to go. Th- I had two babies. I would have honestly welcomed any number that we ha- you know, were given, yeah. Yeah. but I wasn't going to go through all the stress of trying that. 
Yeah. Uh, being raised around animals, and we raised animals, so I knew all the hormonal things and all the th- you know, when some animals get pregnant right away and some yeah. don't. You know, we raised, I've raised cats, uh, rabbits, all kinds of small animals for the farm or from the pet stores. We raised horses. Yes. So for me, it was natural, and we have tried to manipulate like horses. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. So when I was at church and realized that I was trying to control, even though I wasn't doing the in vitro, it was just my mind was so fixated on wanting more kids, and I had to let that go. And that's why, and when that happened, and the reason you weren't getting pregnant after Bobby because of all that is because of the fixation and, and the control, but you had to have some kind of peace of mind to let yeah. it go. Well, and spiritually, and then, I just, I guess I just wasn't really ready. And you weren't ready. And uh, the other thing is when you did let it go and then, you know, um, then, uh, you know, all of a sudden Bill appeared. Mm-hmm. And then after Bill, and I came to visit and to, you know, to see you and, you know, to to welcome him and to meet Bill. And then next thing you know, um, you know, uh, did that healing on you to get you adjusted and everything. And and because you needed, because you had expended so much and all the stuff from releasing and everything. Well, one thing, when when Bill was about eight or nine months old, my Mm -hmm. thyroid shut down. Yeah. My hair started falling out and things. And I, yeah. I think we had talked about that. And you're like, well, you know, we can we can tweak some things and help yeah, you out just a get little a bit. Get a healing and, and yeah. get you kind of back online. Yeah, because so, I was out of balance for a Totally bit. out of balance. Well, you know, for many of our listeners that are moms out there and that do have families and kids, that you know that there's a lot of things that you need to take care of your body and your hormones and your energy while you're being a new mother or mm-hmm. having kids, but you also have to have that time to balance and heal yourself. You have to have some mom time, you know, and your mom time was an enlightened moment at church, you know, where you had your aha moment and yeah. you got to like, it's kind of like letting the balloon, the air out of a balloon. You got to let that go and that, the minute you did, next thing you know, Bill shows up. You were, you know, and pregnant, you know, naturally. So that was like, wow. So then after Bill, then that dream that I'd had when we were so young finally came true. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing that listeners need to know is Cynthia and I had a great deal of patience uh, waiting for Sarah Beth to show up. And I know that Mike always wanted a little girl. Yeah. And uh, so there was a, a blessing that happened. It just took a while. Right. So. And, well, of course, you weren't the only one um, that told us. That's right. Confirmed that there was a girl coming. It just, um, I went with you to Camp Chesterfield for a St. Francis of Assisi. Uh, celebration in October of 96. 96, yeah. And I met several wonderful people up there, and they were, you know, it was just, it was cool. They're like, oh, are you in healing? And I, you know, I was like, no, (laughs) mostly I'm in animals. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, this is great, because it's St. Francis, you know. And um, 
Reverend Kennedy. I don't remember why she gave me a, a I, reading. I got you a numerology reading with Pat Kennedy. Okay. Yeah, with Reverend Kennedy. She was, she was cool. She had me sit in this chair. It was her husband's chair, and it was like... It just, the chair just like hugged me in. I was like, oh, I can take a nap here quick. <laughs> yeah, and you but, were sitting in her seance room to get your reading too. Yeah. So there was all that energy of spirit of, hugging you. A lot of love, spirit up there. A lot of love, and it smelled good. It had this this smell, this incredible earthy and herbal, and herbal smell. And then you could uh, smell like the indigo and the lavender and the sage and... It, her seance room just had this it and was rose really, it would always smell like roses because uh mother mary was always with in her. there and yeah. dropping that smell in there so you went in for a numerology i went reading. in for a reading and she told me that there would be a girl eventually and that was in 96 listeners and yeah. we had to wait till 2005 <laughs> it was another nine years, years. Well, we'll see you now. We're going to really, and Sarah Beth's at college now. We're just going to have to figure out what we're going to do. <laughs> Poor Sarah. No, Sarah Beth's like, no, no. Yeah, but yeah, we were at camp, and that was great because Pat Kennedy gave us some confirmation that yeah. my dream that I had at eight was still on the horizon. I was like, woo I was like, hi, fine. Like, yeah, okay. She's like, yes, she's mm-hmm. waiting. It's just, she'll come when it's time. She's like, it was almost like, I kind of feel like Sarah Beth's little spirit was hovering around me, you know, just yeah. waiting to dive in. And <laughs> well, Pat probably saw her, you know. Could have, yeah. Because Seriously, in that seance room, there's no way you couldn't see spirit even. She had like this little tiny dim light, and Pat would get out her notebook. She used graft paper, remember? Graft paper. and a... Pat Kenny, you know, for the listeners, she would take graft paper. It was in a tablet. She'd after your birthday, and she'd just start scribbling as fast as she could, like a little chicken, just run as fast as she could about the numbers. And then she would count up your letters and all your numbers and your name, and she'd tell you your soul number, your this number and that number. And then she'd pare it down and draw this tree and ask, well, what's your husband's birthday? And she'd put him over there, and she'd do that, and she connected them all together. Next thing you know, she'd drop in and say, oh, you're going to have this kid and this kid and this kid. And then, oh, there's another one. And then she'd look up at you, and then she could see... All your loved ones sitting around you. And she probably saw Sarah Beth hovering and go, I'm right here. I just haven't showed up. <laughs> yeah. She, I mean, it was, it was, it was truly like, now that she said, you know, I do think she was like hovering. It's like, she's just waiting to dive in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that was great because, um, I remember you came out beaming from your reading and you're kind of in awe, like what first, you know. For my a little shock and a little, you know, because I'm I'm trying to digest because it was a fairly new for me. A oh, lot yeah. of it, other, yeah. You know, other than you, because you you yeah. start meeting a whole group of people who are mediums. They do to you know whatever they do. They're 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 spiritual, connected to and people it, it's and like the love and the and your and loved ones. Of course, my spirits were working on me. They put me to sleep the first day. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, the first day you go to camp. So, uh, for my listeners, you know, if you ever have a chance to go to a, a spiritual um, place to study, uh, no matter where you're on your part of the world, in the United States, there's two spiritual camps. One is Lilydale. It's been there since 18... The camp's 1886. Lilydale is 1884. I have to do it that way. That's the only way I remember. 
And uh, I know that there's other spiritual camps or uh, places to study mediumship. But for the listeners to know, um, going to Camp Chesterfield, and I'm going to have another episode on when I started seminary there, but going to Camp Chesterfield, uh, it's kind of a hidden place, you know, and you find out you, you when you get to go there, um, you're touched by spirit. The minute you drive onto the campground, you don't want to leave the campground. And you walk around and the, the ground, the mother earth there, the ground is saturated with mediumship. It's saturated with communication. And, and the minute, energy. And energy. And the minute you get there, your spirit guides, whether you know them or not, start working on you. They're like, oh my God, Cynthia's on the camp. <laughs> Quick, get her. And you know, it's, and I always called it a conspiracy. <laughs> because... Here you are going to this camp, and everybody at the camp was geriatric. And I mean this in the politest way. Everybody there had white hair. They were old. They had been living at camp for 40 or 50 years. They were second-generation mediums because their parents used to live there. I mean, the... The youngest one was in the bookstore. He was checking us out in the books in the in the camp chesterfield store i remember him being young but everybody else that i met was you mean john hepner maybe i don't <laughs> yes is he younger and, yeah he's a little younger yeah okay. yeah but you know the john there's some other people in the bookstore i remember john in the bookstore and then some others but uh yeah but the thing about the camp what got cynthia she's trying to tell you guys it's um she wasn't ready for the energy shift. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. Um, we we went grocery shopping because we were staying in a friend's house. Yeah. And um, Reverend got, Suzanne Greer's house. We got in and got settled and made some dinner. And I've just all of a sudden, I, I needed to go to bed. Yeah, I remember Cynthia turns to me and she goes, "I'm really tired." I go, "What?" We have seances to go do. We have things to do. She's, I've got to go lay down. <laughs> I'm like, so, huh? she copped out on me? We just got here. I was like, yeah. She, and so about the time she got me in there to, to get me settled in bed, and she goes, oh, they're working on you big time. And I was gone. I was already, already gone. I was asleep. And then she got laid her head down. She was out. I was like, oh, my God, look at these. I could see all these people working her. And I went, Cynthia, and then I went, oh, I'll just leave her be. <laughs> So I woke up very refreshed. Yeah, I went and took my little dog for a walk, brought him back in, left her with Cynthia, and I went out to seances and walked the campground, went and had coffee late night with friends. And she was still passed out asleep, and I'd gone to Perkins and we'd had, you know, and then Cynthia, (laughs) I came back and checked on her. She's out like a light. She didn't even want to go. She couldn't move. She was like, huh? Like, it's like, you know, waking someone up from more than just a deep sleep. But that's good because they were working on you. Yeah. So well, that was her experience at camp. <laughs> and so that too, in uh, 1996, that too helped shift your energy. Yeah. Because so you could have more kids. Yeah. And so whatever she needed to work on, she just uh, surrendered. I think that's another important thing. When you're working on your gifts... Um, or you need healing, it's real important for you to understand to surrender. And we all have control issues. We all don't want to be vulnerable. 
But when you let go and let God, and I've told my listeners before, I call God good orderly direction. But when you let go and you let spirit be very receptive to you, and you breathe it in and you accept that energy. And practice that you have faith that they are there for you and helping you. Yeah, because they're going to come for, to you and for you only for your best and highest good. But I'm telling my listeners, you have to put out there, you're only open to those coming to you. This is the semantic part. You're only open to those coming to you who are for your best and highest good to help you. You know, spiritually speaking, you don't want to open all your doors in the spirit world in your head to whoever because you don't know what you're going to get. It's kind of like going to order a coffee. You order it at the window, but you hear a voice. Gail, Cynthia, do you want a cup of coffee? I think of it as um, the movie Ghost, yeah. where Whoopi Goldberg, where like everybody's trying to jump into her. Yeah, You want to be able to be like, no, I don't want that one here. It's called discerning. discerning. Yeah. You, know, you got to let, you got to be able to have that happen. You have to discern who you want working with you and why and everything. And, uh, and that they are for your best and highest, highest good. And to help I you got out. a little card. I think at Camp Chesterfield, the Violet Fire card. Yes. That I still have and I still use to remind me um, I am the being of Violet Fire. I, I am, am the, the purity, purity that God, God desires. desires. The uh, St. Germain's Transmutation Prayer. And how many times are you supposed to say it? I'm going to quiz her now. I'm quizzing her. I think it was seven. Correct. It's seven times. Why do you read it seven times, Cynthia? That part I don't know. <laughs> seven, you know, got well, the number of the, days and things like that. That's true. The seven rays of the light. Seven rays and the rainbow. And there's the seven lords of light. How many chakras do we have? Seven sh- major chakras. Okay. And there's seven major spiritual laws. But you... You read it seven times because it does the seven spiritual bodies. So, because you're reading it for each body. But while you're reading it, I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. If you say it seven times, you almost go into a, like a trance-like state because it's like da-da-da-da-da. It's almost like a sing-song or chanting. Mm-hmm. But when you do it and you've closed your eyes, what happens? You're in your third, your third eye... eye starts to open and what do you see this beautiful violet flame now for our listeners if you're having a rough day or you have to go into the conference room and give a presentation and you're nervous you can stand outside that conference room say it seven times in your mind's eye and send that energy in that room or get in that room early Say it out loud in that room and just watch how great your meeting goes. (laughs) Or say you're worried about getting fired or you need to hire people or something. Transmute it ahead of time because that's a great prayer. Yeah. You know, yeah, they had that in the gift shop, that little card you could get. Yeah. It's really great. So um, that's one I I would always tell my students, you know, when we'd have meditation, you know, before class was up I said now to send us and to clear us let's you know we chant it seven times and breathe it in and just all of a sudden we got quiet because we could feel that alignment 
That's the other thing. You could feel the alignment when you would say it. Yes. And I I guess it just really helps to ground. I'm an air sign. Gemini. Gemini. She's two people in one. And and I'm <laughs> off in the ethers uh, a lot of times. <laughs> you're in the left field. You're yep. in the right field. She doesn't know what field she's in, listeners. You know, <laughs> Gemini's are the twins. I have many irons in the fire. I like to do multiple projects at the same time. <laughs> so um, that hard and meeting the people and, and learning things at Camp Chesterfield and things that Gail has taught me over the decades <laughs> um, has helped to keep me a bit grounded. And then my husband has helped to keep me a bit grounded. Yeah. He's a stodgy old bull. <laughs> He's a Taurus. He's a, a Taurus. Mike, Mike is uh, his own kind of guy. You know, Mike either likes you or he tolerates you, but he doesn't let you know he doesn't like you. He just kind of observantly looks at you. Yeah. But if you're sensitive or clairvoyant or clairsentient, you can pick up on, hmm, I know what Mike's <laughs> thinking. I'm going to sit over here. No, he's not that bad. He's really cool. Um, he surprised me uh, about a year or so ago when, you know, when I came up to see you. But he surprised me with certain things. So he has his moments, but that's great. That's what makes him strong-willed. And his faith... Yeah, and um, that's he another has thing very about strong faith. about what dreams these dreams waiting for these dreams to happen. It has to do with a lot of faith that you put your energy behind right. what spirit sent you in a dream or what you dreamt about yourself. And don't be afraid to share dreams when you dream for other people. Because I didn't wasn't afraid to tell uh, Cynthia at the age of eight. I saw the baby, <laughs> you know, you know, and, and I will tell my listeners when I was a little kid, I did not play with dolls. I'm not saying I didn't like them. I'm not saying that they were creepy looking or anything. I was not a doll girl. I was pets. I loved pets. I love little critters, little fuzzy things. My favorite thing that Cynthia's parents had at their pet store was ducks and chickens at Easter and my dad would always get me and they'd color them those yeah, yeah the ducks they dye them these colors that's how and then but you know but the best was you know how some people when it's a, a, a religious holiday and you wake up especially Easter and you're supposed to get this Easter basket full of candy and the dentist doesn't want you to eat it but you know I didn't care about the candy I passed by my basket looking for the cardboard box with the little <laughs> things tapping on it. They're going, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> And I was just waiting. And I'd open it up, and I didn't know if it was ducks or if it was chickens. But my dad got used to just giving me ducks. <laughs> but I loved having ducks. So, And I knew where they came from. They came from Cynthia's parents' pet store. So, so we go way back. And... Uh, but, you know, everybody has their things. And when Cynthia and I were little, we always were had critters. We didn't really yeah. play with dolls. We, we liked playing games. And we had full imaginations. And for our listeners out there, if you have kids with great imaginations, you let them soar. Yeah. That cut down on screen time, that's a great killer of imagination, I think. Yeah, let them let them explore and 
And I know it's hard with craziness in the world these days, but yeah, they can explore, you know, a lot of stuff. Um, without having to be without on, having to be on the screens a lot on the screens, yeah, yeah. And kids, if they tell you dreams, maybe jot your kids' dreams down for them. Yeah, or whip out your iPhone or your smartphone and record it. You yeah, know? if you if you want them to have more of imagination or whatever, get them to record their their dreams so they can play them back if they're you know using a smartphone or or a computer or something like that. Or draw the dreams. Or draw, and uh, it's always helpful. Uh, I think for to stimulate their uh, imagination and it also helps with their education. It helps them yeah. to have more faith and stability and self-esteem. And it will help them recognize details. Yes. If, if there's something, and you'll see if there's something been bothering them, maybe at school or whatever, if they can draw out or describe things in their dream, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of times with kids, dreams recur. Yes. They'll, they'll Each time they have the dream, they'll get maybe a touch more information or they will pay attention to more information. Well, it's kind of like you get the first chapter. The right. next time they go back to sleep, they get the second chapter. I was like, oh, that goes with what I had, you know. So that helps. They get Spirits, very subtle when they give you a dream. They're not going to just throw it in your face and scare you. They're going to feed you, spoon feed you. They know exactly how much to give you in a dream. Without overloading. Without making you. And without freaking you out, hopefully. Freak out or pass out or, oh my God, or it's too much stress. They don't want to stress you. They want to help you to know that, hey, we hear you. And, and you know, for the listeners out there, remember, your affirmations can come as an answer, as a dream to you. Yeah. And then show up. So don't exclude that. You know, uh, when you're putting your affirmations out or you're putting your goals out or your intentions out, you know, because we're, in, we're, we're in still in this full moon, the super full moon. As Cynthia said earlier, we went down and went swimming at the mo- in it last night because she's down here in Savannah with me. And uh, I took her down to Tybee Island and we were waiting on the full blue super moon to come out so I could get some pictures to put on Facebook for you guys to see. It was just gorgeous. They're amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It was very, very healing out there. It was perfect weather, even though we have all these hurricanes coming up on the coast, but it was intense, loving energy. Mm -hmm. We got our auras cleansed because of the extra breezes, Mm -hmm. and we did... Uh, like Morticia Adams in the, the Adams Family Show. We did some moon bathing. We did moon bathing. <laughs> when the clouds would part. Yeah, moon bathing. And we did some prana breaths. We breathed in the wind prana and the moon prana and, of course, the ocean prana. And while we were there sitting, and uh, she introduced the star map app to me, and we were looking at all these stars in the sky and trying to figure out everything was... But it was a wonderful night. Yeah. And um, it was gorgeous. Very restful. So have you have time, be out there and make sure I put my affirmations out while Cynthia was kind of swimming and I didn't get one pulled in by the undertow. 
I was out there letting the waves crash on my ankles and stuff, but I was sending my affirmations out. So remember, when you send out your affirmations, like Cynthia said about letting go, how important that is. And so when you let go, then that wave can bring it back to shore, bring it back to you. And and letting go... It is a sign of faith, but it also helps you to increase or to build your faith, to have more, actually more confidence in your own faith. Um, when, you know, letting my boys go off to college and, and this year Sarah Beth, um, I have to trust that they, or, you know, had to trust that they would be safe. Yeah. And the two oldest boys, boys were in the Navy and were naval aviators, so... That was really hard, but I kind of feel like God's plan. I had to focus on Bill and Sarah Beth, my babies at home, so I wasn't as fixated on what was going on with Charlie and Bobby learning to fly or being deployed. Yeah. So, I, you know, the timing and everything worked out for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> So it, really, is it twenty twenty? <laughs> it's not twenty forty. You're supposed to 20? be able to look. That's what my dad said. Oh, okay. Hindsight's twenty twenty. So you can look back, and everything's should be crystal clear. <laughs> should be. <laughs> should be. That was the key word. Should be, folks. Not could be. Should be. Well, you have to is. let it be. Let it be. That's it. That's better. You have to let it be. Not should be. Yeah. You have to right. let it be crystal clear. So that's right. You know, looking back, having that thirteen year gap between them. Because Bobby started college and Bill started kindergarten. <laughs> and we met in kindergarten. <laughs> Eating paste. I'm kidding. No. Kindergarten was great. Remember Miss Adair? She wore those dresses. Those oh, they had to. Blue line dresses. The 19, her dress, well, we're in the school in what? We're in the 60s. 60s. She had that dress. She reminded me like of 60s. June Cleaver from Leave yeah. It to Beaver. But she that had was... that those great dresses from the late 50s and 60s that she right. wore. And the way they styled their hair. I remember. That's what yeah. I remember. Bouffants and all but, that. Yeah. But, the, I mean, now, you know, I wear jeans to school every day or, or capris. I'm not. Totally of course, different. I'm an aide, you know. Yeah, an aide. There are two. I could wear a dress and be asked to go move furniture in a room or. <laughs> Or you know, clean the cafeteria. So, um, my days of dresses are you know in school or yeah, not that often. Yeah. So, well, one thing I remember about uh, our kindergarten teacher was she never ever held any of us back at that age. She was a very open teacher, right. and she would share things with us and she wanted us to be creative and innovative and have um, images and uh, just be very, uh, we could be theatrical, we could talk, we could, we never really acted out. We were very artistic and creative mm -hmm. kids. And this was when we were five. And for all those listeners out there that have kids that are young, you know, I hope and pray that you, they have a great support system, whether you're a stay-home mom and you're schooling from home, that 
you always enhance their creativity. Yeah. Because if Cynthia and I didn't have that when we were little, who knows what would have happened, and I don't know how my gifts would have developed because my de- they started developing when I was five, and that's when we went to kindergarten. Well, so, if you'd had parents that were... Closed off. Closed off, very maybe very old school or whatever, your gifts may not have even been allowed to come to fruition. Yeah. And you could have had issues yeah. um, later in life. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. I was lucky yeah. because my mom studied astrology. Well, she understood the she understood the gifts and her, her mom? Her, yeah, yeah, Charlotte. Yeah. That had gifts I, as I shared well, with so. the listeners that my mother's mom, Charlotte, was an astrologer and a healer and a clairvoyant. And she when I was little told my mom that she and Charlene you know, Charlene and I were the ones she waited for mm-hmm. and that we had the gift. And I think I've said to the listeners before that I truly believe that your spiritual gifts can be passed down through, um, you know, family. It can be hereditary. It, it can be a gift. It can be a gift that wakes up latent in your life. Yeah, it it doesn't have to wake up when you're five. It, it can wake up at any time, whether you went through something traumatic or an accident, you know, it it tr- it triggers something and opens the door for you to see, and then you're you develop that way. So things like that can happen. But I really wanted to stress that teachers are very important, and this world that we're living in, we have, they have to have a great deal of patience and uh, present things a certain way. And for our listeners out there, you know. Remember, remember what how you were taught and what helped you the most, and think of that as if what have you been dreaming? You know, do you dream? Ask, ask, and if you're not dreaming, give yourself permission to. Yeah, absolutely. I used to. I think it was when I was college, high school or college. I would created I would sort of create my own dream in my mind you know I just I wanted a dream I, I don't really know why I got started doing it um, but just as I lay in bed going to sleep I would just think something up just probably riding my horse out in the fields type thing you know yeah. or showing a horse and and I would just put myself to sleep just dreaming of things or you know occasionally a lot or probably more than just occasionally it would be if I won a lottery or you know if well, I did this, what would I do? And well, it's almost like kind of imagining a fantasy, or I'm right. going to imagine this, and then it goes into a dream. That's a great way of um, tapping in and getting to wake up that part of yourself, that part of the brain, your higher self. So that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So I think uh, Cynthia and I might have to let you guys go because uh, we want you to focus on your dreams and what dreams can come true. And uh, I want to thank you for joining on the episode. Absolutely. It's been great. Hey, with the dream journal, I don't know if it was you, but somebody said keep keep a journal and pen and maybe a very low flashlight by the bed because sometimes you wake up and it's dark and just jot down a few notes because often you forget when you get up and you get going with your day you forget what the dream was so if you can jot down just a little bit of your dream 
the second you wake up and you will train yourself yeah to remember the more you do it the better you get at remembering your dreams so yes if you want to do that and jot it down add that little bit yeah that's good and that's old school because we're old school (laughs) but for those that are new school with all this technology we have if your phone is on your phone if your phone is not too bright to wake you up and shock you you can do it on the voice memo and record it and then you can really mumble into it and whatever but you would get more of your information so those are other ways but that's very true cynthia i totally agree have a little respect for your partner don't wake them up while you're trying to oh yeah you know yeah yeah they go to the bathroom and do it right quick in your phone something that or roll over and have that little flashlight and just jot it down (laughs) so you have a lot of different options to start recording your dreams but be very aware of the thoughts you're receiving at night, which could turn into a dream, and be very receptive for them to come into your life. And have faith. And have faith, because I waited a long time for Sarah Beth to show up. And I really did. Because <laughs> I wanted her. Yeah. So we have a Sarah Beth now, so this is great. So we wanted to share that story with you all, and I want to thank Cynthia again for coming. Absolutely. And it's been a blast. Oh, yeah, it's been a blast. And for my listeners, I want you to uh, reach out to me, please, on uh, mediumswithamessage at gmail.com. I would love to have an email from you, and that would be awesome because then I could email you back. And for those who would like to connect on Facebook, please go to Mediums with a Message is my Facebook page. And I have posted pictures, and I just posted some today because Cynthia and I had gone to uh, the beach. So I posted some blue moon, super blue moon photos for you all to see. And uh, if you have taken pictures of the super blue moon where you are, please feel free to share them in the comments on the Facebook page. Well, that's all the time we have for you in this episode. I want to thank you again for joining us and to everybody all over the world that is connecting and coming in to learn about their spiritual gifts and to connect. And please just share and reach out. And I'm so happy you're with us. Have a wonderful week and keep your ears attuned. Until the next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. It's Reverend Gail Hicks here on Spotify. Just want to let you know that our next podcast is going to be on the usage of medicine cards and oracle cards and how they can really help give you some great answers. So... Stay attuned and listen to the next episode as we discuss that with my dear friend Cheryl Probasco. Looking forward to talking to my listeners again. Have a great week. Bye-bye.